0: Welcome to The Glittering Bell Jar, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Valerie.
1: And I'm Bree. We're two writers and Harry Potter fans. In this podcast, we explore the Harry Potter series by reading it backwards.
0: As you might recall, Harry and his friends discover the power of The Glittering Bell Jar in the Department of Mysteries as it causes objects to move backward and forward through time. We're doing the same thing each week, working backwards through a few
1: chapters, starting with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ready to explore Harry Potter in a new way? then join us in the Glittering Bell Jar. Welcome, everyone. My name is Bree, and you are listening to the Glittering Bell Jar. This is a Harry Potter podcast where we do things a little bit differently, and we read the story backward. I am here today with my amazing co-host, Valerie, and we are, my goodness, we are on our final chapter in our final episode of the second season, which is the second book of the, excuse me, the second to last book of the Harry Potter series, The Half-Blood Prince. Valerie,
0: how are you feeling? I'm good. That's the first time you've introduced (laughs) yourself in your intro, by the way. You don't usually say who you are, and I'm like, they just know who we are because you don't jump into a podcast like this partway through. But at the end of the end, you finally said, I'm Bree." I know. Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm good i'm good i'm good i am excited and sad to be at the end slash beginning of half blood prince as i always feel when i would finish anything in the harry potter series especially the end of the series but this podcast has taken my engagement with this series to a whole new level so whenever we reach the end of a season i feel sad about it but also glad to have done it if that makes sense
1: yes it makes absolute sense Uh, It's been very fun to read it this way, and read it chapter by chapter, which we can give it even more detailed attention, which I love. Yep, yep. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Nothing too exciting going on here. Just just a normal
0: day. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's just get right into it then. The people came for the Harry Potter. Let's give them what they want. Got to do my normal housekeeping stuff at the top of the episode, folks, if you are joining us on episode 30... Please go back and start at episode one. Uh, It's just not going to make any sense. We're right at, yes, we're right at the beginning of Half-Blood Prince. So I guess if there were ever a chapter, if there's ever a chapter, an episode where you could (laughs) jump in and not have listened to anything else, it could be this one because we're not in the middle of anything. We're at the end slash beginning instead of at the beginning slash end. However, if you want the full experience, we have done this podcast to be listened to in full from episode one to episode 30 in this season. So I recommend starting there. In each episode, we do several things. We have a synopsis. Brie provides us with a synopsis so you know what happened if you're not actively reading with us, which you don't have to do. I will then read the last sentence of the chapter because we actually read it backwards. So when we finish chapter and go to the next chapter, we read the last sentence first, then we flip to the beginning and read the chapter. And then we'll discuss. And you can join the conversation with us at Pod on social media, especially on Instagram. That's where we've been hanging out. We would love to hear from you. Hear what you think. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll send you a reminder of that at the end of the episode. But... Yeah, let's just jump right into that synopsis. Let's talk about this first chapter, and we'll finally wrap up this season. Here we go. Okay.
1: Chapter 1, The Other Minister. The chapter begins with the Prime Minister, the Muggle Prime Minister, in his office. A painting in the corner lets him know that he must meet with the Minister of Magic immediately. The Muggle Prime Minister thinks back to his first day as Prime Minister when he met Cornelius Fudge, and then several times following... He was astonished to learn of the magical community and the many things that are not always what they seem. During his meeting in the present with Cornelius Fudge, he learns that the recent bridge collapse was actually an attack by he who shall not be named, and the hurricane was caused by Death Eaters, the horrible murders also caused by Voldemort. The wizarding community is at war. Cornelius has been replaced by Scrimmager, and Scrimmager joins them and lets him know that he will be under constant security as they both
0: leave him with the knowledge that although they can do magic, so can evil. Yep, and the last sentence of this chapter reads, and with that, the two wizards stepped one after the other into the bright green fire and vanished. So first of all, this is something I love. I love this in the beginning of these books. So I'm just thinking back many of the books, especially as we move on into the series. So now I'm kind of jumping all over. We're at the beginning chapter they are in a different place in time, and they give us outside information we need to understand the rest of the story, but we don't have a full, a full sense of yet. So I believe it starts in Goblet of Fire where we get that sort of first chapter. It's almost like a prologue or a preamble because it it's a to- totally different context. And then it continues in each of the books. And this is a really cool one because it shows how the minister... The Minister of Magic and the Prime Minister have been interacting this whole time. It re-anchors us in the timeline. It gives us a ton of information about all the different stuff that's happened. It's like a brilliant piece of narrative writing to be like, remember Sirius Black broke out of prison? Remember there was a Triwizard Tournament? Remember that there were Death Eaters that broke out? Remember now Voldemort's back? It gives you all that information. So if you were reading this book as it came out, years after book five came out, you suddenly had remembered everything as though you hadn't just reread the entire series the night before. Let's be real. Uh, it's just a brilliant piece of writing and I really, really like that there's a little bit of comedy but it's not a, it's not like a funny comedy it's of like sardonic it's like a very adult humor and it sets the tone for the book which is we are at 16 now for these kids this is going to be an adult book it's going to have adult subjects there's going to be darkness in it just like we had that same tone set in deathly hollows mm, you know that that is a, a good distinction
1: that it does kind of it's almost like a warning like hey if your kids are reading this and they're a little too young this isn't maybe necessarily for them because it is so much
0: darker and it is more of an adult, an adult
1: scene. Huh. Yeah.
0: I like that. Yeah. I mean, we start off talking about natural disasters right away. We've got a bridge collapse, a hurricane hitting the West Country, two murders. That's all pretty intense stuff to be starting the very first chapter of a book with. But it is critical for helping the audience understand what kind of story we're about to have. And how, what the direction is, what the stakes are, how big this is.
1: Yeah. And you know, it almost kind of brings us into because it makes us feel like because it's taught we're we're in the muggle world at first and so then we get to kind of be brought Mm -hmm. into the magical world uh which is i think kind of a fun way to do that as well a way to anchor us into the
0: story as well Mm -hmm. yeah um so i actually had a couple notes and they are sort of additional context if you're curious about them yes I didn't get a ton. I mean, as I said, I think this is just sort of an anchoring point that starts the book. But there were two things I thought really interesting that I did a little bit of extra research on. The first one is the death of Amelia Bones. So we've met uh, Madam Bones is her name. She is the one who oversees Mm -hmm. Harry's hearing at the beginning of Order of the Phoenix when he is brought in for doing magic in the uh, presence of Muggles when he casts his Patronus to save him and Dudley. So she is the one who sits at the top of the magical law enforcement and she has been killed. And so they are discussing this. And what I was curious about is the Department of Magical Law Enforcement and how the ministry is structured. And when I went into the wiki for Harry Potter, the interesting thing I saw is, first of all, before Madam Bones was head of Department of Magical Law Enforcement, it was Barty Crouch Sr.
1: Hmm.
0: So he was head of the department from at some point in the 20th century mid 20th century till 1981 she is then head of the department from 1981 till 1996 after her is pious thickness hmm. who goes on to be imperious and made minister mm-hmm. of magic mm-hmm. in book 7 and after thickness is corbin yaxley so a death eater then takes over the department of magical law enforcement during the final year of this series and there's a note here that in 2019 Harry Potter becomes head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Just sort of an interesting thing that I noted. Oh, well, that's cool. And with regard, to, yeah, with regard to other spoilers, I don't know. People must be getting this from more recent information that has been released because obviously this is coming from like Pottermore or whatever. The other one I looked up was Kingsley Shacklebolt because I was like, where's Kingsley fit in all this, right? Because he works in the Department of Aurors and he's part of Magical Law Enforcement. So Kingsley's really interesting. He's a he's just an Auror. He's just like a normal Auror. And then he joins the Order of the Phoenix in 1995. Mm-hmm. In 1996, he fights in the Battle of the Ministry. And then he's chosen, he's handpicked to become protector of the prime minister. And that's sort of why I'm bringing him up here. But what's super interesting is after that, he becomes acting minister of magic. So... He's protecting the minister until the Battle of Hogwarts when he comes and fights on the side of good and they win. He becomes acting minister of magic. He then becomes minister of magic and serves as minister of magic until 2019 when Hermione becomes minister of magic. What? What? (laughs) I know. I'm like on the wiki and I'm like, where did all this information come from? (laughs) Are they releasing information about this series As time goes by, and I don't really read the wiki very often, so I wouldn't have been in there in 2019 reading it, but it seems that at some point in the last few years, it has been confirmed that Hermione becomes Minister of Magic and Harry becomes head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. And I was just like, not what I was looking for on the internet, but I am so glad that I found it. And it's a nice kind of end to these characters, a little bit more data that we can look back on as we discuss this series. So would she have been the first woman Minister of Magic? Good question. I will double check that. I don't think so. They, I think I have looked at that page before. There are a lot of ministers of magic. Gosh, give me a second. I'm scrolling. Mm -hmm. Oh no! So Millicent Begnold was Minister of Magic from 1980 to 1990. Eugenia Jenkins from 1968 to 1975. Wilhelmina Tuff from 1948 to 1959. So there have been women throughout the 20th century. Hermione is, of course, the first female minister of magic in the 21st century because Kingsley has a very long run from 1998 until 2019. That is so cool that she is the minister of magic. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. She ends up on top. Very cool. Go Hermione. Top grades. Top in ministry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. Anyway, that was the main thing that I got. And it was a rabbit hole. I mean, I did not need to find that. I was literally trying to figure out what does the Department of Magical Law Enforcement look like? Who's running it? And then where does Kingsley fit into that? And then I ended up discovering Hermione's Minister of Magic. Currently, as we speak, in 2022, she's still Minister of Magic. Oh, amazing. What a world. Ran by Hermione. Yeah, now that I'm actually on the Minister page. Sorry, I'm really on a rabbit hole. She worked in the Department in Control of Magical Creatures. Really? And then she worked in the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Yeah, which seems kind of odd, actually, now that I think about it. I don't know where these stories came from, but I'll have to do some research in the offseason. So she's
1: like, it's almost her, like, fighting her, like, fears or her, like, inadequacies. You know what I mean? I feel like animals is probably not her, like, strongest suit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of like sports. So she's like, I'm going to do everything mm-hmm. I can to get to know this as much as I can. That would be something Hermione, you know, would totally do.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably exactly what
1: it is. Ah, I love that. Well, that was very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What notes do you have from this chapter that are maybe actually related to the chapter? <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't have a ton either. You know, I just, I just found it super
1: interesting. So anytime I read books like these, or if anybody has watched like Supernatural, where whether there's murders or natural disasters that happen, and they seem kind of out of place, you know, like, um, gosh, like our virus, Yeah, you know, gosh, I even hate to talk about it. But, you know, that's the time. Uh, COVID, you know. I can't help but like some part of my brain, no matter what happens when weird things happen, I'm like, what if it was a demon? Or what if it was, what if it was magic and it was evil and they're like trying to do
0: something? <laughs> you, you know, I'm going to just step on a landmine here and be like, I would prefer the conspiracy theorists to believe it was magic to the stuff I hear on the internet sometimes. <laughs> like, I think I'd be more down with like, you know, ma- it could be magic. Like, I don't know. I don't have any magic. So for all I know, you're right. But some of the stuff we hear on the internet is much less believable than magic and demons. And I say that as someone who loves Harry Potter. 100%. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, which is why it's fun to go
1: there instead of the other places.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why literally was part of why I started a Harry Potter site during a pandemic and why I started a Harry Potter podcast during the pandemic. I was like, I don't want to be dealing with this. And I don't want to be on the Internet all the time talking to people who don't believe it was magic and demons. Yes. Yeah. And so
1: it's kind of interesting that. So it's a small thing, but. So you are, you become the prime minister and then you randomly meet someone who you're not even sure if you literally were like, did I just see a hallucination? Do you just tell me magic's real and then go off in a puff of smoke? Like, I don't know. I don't think I could keep that quiet. Even though I think I was insane, I would be like, look to my, I would talk to my predecessor. I would have to like literally nobody apparently talks to the other person. They're like, no, I'm too crazy. I'm not saying anything.
0: Right. So that's the... That's the weird part to me. And I was thinking, I was like, no, I wouldn't tell the next guy coming into office. I'm going to let, because he's probably from the other party. I'm going to let him just deal with it himself. But I would go find previous prime ministers and be like, I know, I know now. You have to tell me how it was for you. Which for most of them, it was not, not, nothing much to speak of. But some of them probably have really interesting experiences with the minister. Like if you think about it, before the early 90s, the minister of magic would show up once. And if nothing magical happened that affected the Muggles, he would never show up for the rest of your term, even if you served 20 years. The only other time anything is certain in the Muggle world is Grindelwald. And that's been like 70 years, 50 years at this point. So it's like Fudge isn't wrong at the beginning to say, I probably won't see you anymore. Don't worry about it. And he's going to be like, I definitely hallucinated and I'm never telling anyone because that's what the majority of his predecessors experienced. But he unfortunately sits in the office when things go wrong. Right. Well, other than
1: the first war... Whenever Voldemort came to power. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess there's another, there's a a couple other ministers who've had more interaction with the Minister of Magic than average. But for a long time, Mm -hmm. there have not been any interactions with the Minister of Magic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just
0: thought that was strange. I for sure would go talk to someone, but whatever. Yeah. I I think about an old boys club. Like, I I don't know if anyone here listening watches Sherlock, the new BBC Sherlock. There's a, a Mycroft Holmes is like in a members only club and you know there's there are these things in in London still where you in Britain in general where you can go you can be a member and it's like a private room private club where you only members can get in i think about the members only club of prime ministers of england in this wizarding world based universe where they all have this access because they've been prime minister and they go in and they talk and they're like heck <laughs> and all the servants are like we can't say anything but oh my god yeah seriously that's what i would expect
1: yeah (laughs) you're just all hanging out getting drunk and nobody's admitting to it i don't believe
0: it i don't buy it (laughs) well the main thing to remember is just like in our own country parties usually swing back and forth so your predecessor's probably not in your own party in which case you're not talking to him anyway you're not drinking with him at the pub you're not confiding in him you're certainly not admitting you might have hallucinated while in office because you can bet he'll tell his party mates and then your whole party is screwed Mm, that's true okay okay fair fair yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever watched this real quick tangent, British politics in there in parliament is totally different than the like dry, boring C-SPAN stuff that we get here in the US. They like holler at each other in parliament. Really? And insult each other. It's really fun to watch. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. There's some great clips you can look up. So I could see, you know, you're in your parties in they having some sort of like trying to get a bill passed or whatever. And then they're like, well, your former prime minister is, psychologically unsound and then there's a uh, big hubbub and an uproar and wigs flying and whatever, you know, like <laughs> that's the kind of thing that parties will do to like get a stir and it's much more dynamic in their politics and, and lawmaking than we are. So I wouldn't give my uh, p- opposition any, any ammunition, which is exactly basically what Fudge says, like who's going to believe you? And even if they believe you, you don't want them to believe you because if they believe you, they're going to use it against you. It's politics, people. Yeah, true. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, other than that, uh, it was just a very, very good way to begin the book to set the mood to kind of bring us in and for us to kind of wrap us up to kind of let us uh, remember how the
0: scene was mm-hmm. kind of set. hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking, which is nice. I did not. I feel an, ur- an urge right now to now read the book in the correct order, <laughs> like to, to like unwind myself, <laughs> and I didn't feel that after Deathly Hallows. I did too, I did too. I wonder if it's because we do our film discussion, and we watch the film, and that sort of unwinds it for us. So as a reminder, if you're listening, we are going to have a bonus episode at some point in the next few weeks where we do a film discussion of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So stay tuned, make sure you're subscribed, because that will pop into your feed at some point, and we won't have any way to tell you if you're not subscribed. It's true. Yeah, I look forward to it.
1: I think you're completely right. I also had that
0: same urge. I was like, man, I really want to
1: read this forward now. But again, it's our favorite book, so it makes sense. But yes, maybe (laughs) that will kind of help our um, our urge a little bit. And I still feel like that's cheating. I still don't feel like I can do it. (laughs) Like, I don't think I can read any of them correctly until we're just done. Yeah, maybe. Which is its own form of torture. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't like this (laughs) rule.
0: No, I don't like this (laughs) rule.
1: Uh, it's okay you don't have to stand by it's okay (laughs) well cool well do you have anything else i do not that's all i had all right well thank you guys for joining us we have enjoyed this season of the glittering bell jar half blood prince our absolute favorite book uh it's been a good one i've loved doing episode by episode and i hope you've enjoyed listening uh if you have enjoyed it you could do a couple things to help us. First thing is go to your podcast player of choice. If they allow reviews, please go ahead and give us a rating and a review. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe so you know when season three comes out or, excuse me, whenever our film synopsis comes out. And then, of course, season three. Um, you can head to social media. We are doing
0: tons of things over on Instagram. Valerie, you want to tell, tell them all about it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Find us at Bell Jar Pod. We've been doing reels all month that we've been releasing new episodes, but I've also been saving all kinds of other bonus clips out of these episodes. So you're gonna hear some of the clips that you maybe enjoyed and might wanna discuss with us coming back around as reels in the next few weeks as we start to look forward to our film discussion and other things we're working on. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to stay engaged with us there in between seasons. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, Other than that,
1: we are on YouTube. Go check us out if you wanna watch us, see our expressions. Check out what we're wearing. Always something interesting. Uh, Valerie actually has a scarf on that is
0: uh, with the London map. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. It's printed with a map from 1843 London. Only Valerie. I love it. Very, very cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got it in a subscription box. Not a Harry Potter subscription box, a different subscription box, which if you head over to YouTube also, I have other videos there that are Harry Potter related. I have a recipe. I have a couple unboxings. So. You can find other stuff there too, just like on Follow the Butterflies, the Harry Potter blog that I run. And you can always email us if you want to reach out to us privately, podcast at follow the I do check that inbox from time to time, make sure nobody has sent us anything too urgent over there. Social media is the best way to get in touch with us quickly if yeah. you need to.
1: Well, very cool. Well, before you go, before you wrap up this season, you need to share it. You've got to share it with someone and then you can chat about it the way that we do.
0: Who should they share with? Anybody, anybody, it's the last (laughs) thing. Like, Give it a big hurrah. Like, This is the time, if you have ignored us for 29 episodes, being like, "Uh uh-huh, I get it, yeah. This is important. And I'm going to tell you why it's important. We need you to share so that this podcast continues to grow even in the off season Mm -hmm. for a couple reasons. One, to keep us able to keep doing this. This is not a small time commitment for the two of us, and we love doing it, but it has to be something we can prioritize, and it needs to keep growing. Two, for us to be able to put advertisers on this podcast, we need to show growth. And that's important just for us to be able to monetize and make sure that we're covering the bare expenses of running the podcast. We're not making any money. In fact, we're still in the whole two seasons in, so we need your help. By sharing it, I swear, it does make a difference. We see when people go out and share the podcast. So what we would love is to have this episode be one of our highest listened episodes of the season, and then for you to share it with people. Share the whole season, share the podcast, share your favorite episode, share a reel. You don't even have to share the podcast. If you just want to share something on social media, that also helps, because people find out about us, and they might come over and check out the podcast. So. Yeah, just share it with anybody. Share it with somebody you haven't shared it with or just share it because you haven't shared it yet. I get it. I listen to a ton of podcasts. They're always like, share it with a friend, and I never do. This is your (laughs) call to action, end of the season. Get out there and help us out. Help us make season three happen. You can do it.
1: And we appreciate you. Thank you for listening with us. We do. And hanging out. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yep. We will see you in the film discussion. Yeah, see ya.
1: Glittering Bell Jar is a Harry Potter podcast produced by the Kallibro Group in partnership with Wild Goose Creatives. It is an unofficial fan project that is not authorized, approved, licensed, or endorsed by J.K. Rowling, her publishers, or Warner Brothers Entertainment Incorporated. Our theme music is Carnival of the Animals, R125, Aquarium by Moments, licensed via Soundstripe. You can discover even more magic on followthebutterflies.com.